I started to, to believe that uh, maybe God had given up on me. I started to believe that, you know, maybe, maybe this is the best I could hope for. Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and for the first time, I am broadcasting from our studio, not in my home anymore. So this is a real special treat because my very first guest back at the studio at the home office is Matt Burkett, and Matt is one of our brand new staff guys out there in Greensboro, North Carolina, joined us in October of last year. And Matt, I'm so excited you're joining me on the podcast. Thanks for being here, buddy. Absolutely, Blaine. Anytime I get to hang out with you uh, is, is a treat. So thanks for having me. Well, we're we're doubly excited, okay, because you're you're on our, our staff now, and it was really fun to see you make the transition from the business world to search and to see even in these first few months how incredible you're doing with all the things that are going on in, in your city. And what I thought would be interesting to people – on the podcast today is for them to actually hear some of your your backstory because you've got a very different path to joining us in a full-time role. And so, Matt, could you just share with us a little bit of your story? How'd you wind up with Search? Yeah, sure. Happy to, Blaine. Um, you know, I, it, as, I, as I think about kind of, uh, kind of some of the things that, that I've kind of been through in life and you know, if I understand, uh, sometimes we best understand the past, uh, once we've been through it. And, um, to your point, I, I, I don't come from maybe traditional channels for guys that, that land, uh, with search and, uh, a, a bit of a checker past if, if I'm, if I'm candid playing, um, you know, I grew up, um, here in Greensboro and if, if this has been kind of home for me for 38 years now, but, um, you know, grew up in a, in a family that, uh, you know, we did stuff like go to church and involved in, in kind of the, the normal stuff, but really started to kind of let my life, uh, run out of bounds, um, later in, in high school. And then certainly when I went off to college and, and really kind of, kind of went down the, the wrong path for, for a pretty extended period of time. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think what I like to share with folks is that, um, I had one of those, those moments where I kind of accepted the gift of desperation and, um, you know, really kind of reached the, the end of myself and, and kind of harkened back to some things that my parents, uh, really kind of impressed upon me and, and other people who, who I knew cared about me, um, shared with me and, um, you know, made some pretty substantial changes in my life in response to, uh, some dependency issues I had, um, and part of that, you know, not long after I kind of started to chart out a, I guess, a, a new, a new way of kind of living, uh, I bumped into search, you know, so I, my first exposure to search was, uh, as a guy invited to a group. And so you talk about this moment of desperation, Matt, can you, you don't have to share anything you are not comfortable sharing, of course, but give us some detail about what what brought you to that moment of desperation? What did that look like in your life? Yeah. You know, I've heard it said that, that 
God's a, a God of whatever it takes. And, um, you know, uh, he permits us to kind of run out of bounds and, and lets us suffer or, or go through things. Um, and, it, and what a hard position it must be to, to love, love somebody and, and see them making poor decisions. And I think God let me, loved me enough to let me make some really poor decisions to, to walk away, if you will. And, yeah, I, um, I, I really struggled with, with addiction. So, um, alcoholism, um, and some, some recreational drug abuse and, and really kind of, kind of lost track of who I was. Um, it kind of, I guess the best way I can describe it, Blaine, is if to, to have your life being run by, by something outside of yourself. Um, and, and really I had gotten to the place where, uh, whether it be relationships with the people who I cared about, you know, my decision-making process, all of that was really impacted by kind of a, a compulsive um, need to, to, to satisfy, you know, this kind of mental obsession and physical craving for, for alcohol. Yeah. And you were married to Leah this time, correct? Yeah. My, my sweet bride, um, endured the first uh, couple of years of our marriage play. I got to tell you, they were rough. Um, you know, I think she, she had held out hope that, um, Hey, once, uh, once I put, uh, once we get married, uh, Matt will, Matt will calm down and, um, kind of, you know, reel this in. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, for her at that time, but maybe fortunately now kind of the opposite happened. And, um, you know, I, I kind of carried, just kind of carried on and, and really kind of selfish and self-serving kind of lifestyle. And, um, yeah, the, well, yeah, I'll tell you the first two, two and a half years of our marriage were really rough. And so you, you have this moment, you're, you're married and it's been brutal for a couple years. Uh, God grabs your attention and gets a hold of you. And and then what happens? What what goes on from there? And how do you wind up now that we're talking today? And uh, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> what happened? To yeah, you yeah, it's quite now quite then? a journey, huh? Yeah, um, sure. So, you know, the the I think I think ultimately what happened is I had kind of forgotten who I was. Um, you know, we we talk a lot about how we kind of identify ourselves and. I, I had simply forgotten who I was to God. Um, you know, at my lowest points, um, I, I started to, to believe that, uh, maybe God had given up on me. I started to believe that, you know, maybe, maybe this is the best I could hope for. And I, and I'm so grateful that, uh, that God doesn't give up on his kids. Um, that, that God is gracious and, and merciful and loving. And, um, yeah, so I, I got to the place where Blaine, I just kind of said, all right, I don't know. If, I know I can't do this on my own God, but, uh, if you, if you're still willing, I want some help. And, um, you know, something pretty special happened, Blaine. Um, you know, God dealt ever so graciously with me, uh, to remove kind of the, when you talk to folks who have uh, what they call, I guess, addiction disorders um, or the disease of addiction, um, they talk a lot about kind of this mental preoccupation or uh, whether that be gambling, whether that be um, alcoholism, drugs, um, 
you know, sex, uh, there's a, there's a, both a mental and a physical component to it that, that makes it really difficult for people to come out from under it on their own strength. And, you know, I think I was really gifted with the grace that God did the heavy lifting from kind of day one when I decided, you know what, um, I believe that, that you want something better for me, God. Um, he, he stepped in in a really significant way and removed that, that mental obsession of those physical cravings pretty, pretty quickly for me. Um, kind of my path to search from, from there on was kind of, kind of intriguing. Um, I'd been kind of clean and sober for a year and uh, bump into a guy who's now our LLB chair in Greensboro and said, hey, We've got uh, we've got this thing called Search. Um, be wondered if you'd be interested in, in meeting with a group of guys uh, every Friday morning. And uh, man, I, I fell in love almost immediately. You know, at this point, Lee and I had kind of connected with the church and really kind of putting God back in His rightful place in our in our life and in our marriage. But I had never been in an environment where so so much kind of progress could be made with guys kind of in the faith, on the fringes of the faith and outside of the faith, kind of taking a, a really um, unfiltered look at, at what, uh, what God might want for them in their life. And I was, I was hooked. Um, you know, I got to, to grow alongside some friends. I got to see a model of, of really solid uh, leadership uh, kind of played out in front of me. And after about a year and a half or two years, the guy who started the group one morning kind of just said, uh, hey, here are the keys to the office. Uh, this is your group now. And uh, I, I kind of think of that, Blaine, as another kind of turning point for me. Um, you know, I, I've, always, I've always had a fascination with, with God, with, with well, what, what would he want from us? What's he like? What's he up to? And... Um, yeah, I, uh, I I began to develop some traits of, of being a leader, and, and I began to really kind of pour my time into to learning how to how to effectively kind of communicate with with other folks um, about God. And through through leading that group, and then starting some other groups, and and fortunately, it was in a business that really afforded me that kind of flexibility to to meet with folks one-on-one -on -one, to, to, you know, have morning meetings or, or lunch meetings or really connect with folks and kind of try to help them answer some of the challenging questions that we all have. Well, it's an amazing story that you have, Matt. And, and I think that, that there's so much we could talk about. And I wish we had a ton more time to go into it. And maybe down the road we will. But for everybody that's in Greensboro, uh, go grab a cup of coffee. Or well, I guess you can't do that right now, probably. But when we get back to normal, go grab a Zoom call. Yeah. Get on Zoom with Matt or have a phone call or something, and, and hear his story if you don't already know it, because it's it's pretty powerful to see what God has done in your life. And one of the things that we've been doing that's been pretty fun on this podcast, Matt, is I've been asking everyone to just share something from the scripture that's been encouraging or meaningful to you uh, right now, like just today or in the last couple of days. And so what would that be for you? Yeah, thanks, Blaine. Uh, you know, I think about uh, right now, it seems like, man, there's so much uncertainty uh, around us. And, and it looks like we're, we're beginning to kind of chart a path forward and you've got different folks who've arrived at different places. But, um, 
you know, in kind of keeping with, with my story, you know, I often, um, I often land on, on, on a place where we spend enough time looking around uh, the world around us. We kind of come to a conclusion that, yeah, there's some really broken stuff, uh, here, whether it's, you know, relationships, um, you know, whether it's issues of justice, uh, there's all sorts of things that kind of point to, gosh, this really isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, as I think about some, some particular scriptures that kind of point to, uh, one of the chief things I think God is up to, uh, he's in the business of, of restoration. You know, Blaine, a couple, last week we had a, a search um, gathering call and, and our wives were part of it, which was just such a treat. Um, but I know that you've been doing some, some restoration at your house and, um, you know, and, and some projects around the house. And I think God is the ultimate uh, contractor for such type restoration in the lives of uh, the people who let him. And so one of my favorite places to, to spend time and one that really kind of, I don't know, it does something in my heart when I consider it, uh, is the, is one of the famous, one of the most famous parables Jesus tells about the prodigal son or the lost sons. Um, and I'm not going to focus on the second son today, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that there's plenty to, to kind of tease out from, from Jesus's parable there. But, you know, we've, we've got this story where, where Jesus talks about a man who has two sons. Um, the younger brother uh, comes to, to his father and says, Dad, I want, I want all my inheritance, and I want it early. And, um, and the father grants it to him. And the younger son goes off to a far country, uh, lives for himself. Uh, you know, Jesus says that he, he squandered his wealth in wild living. Um, he spends everything he has and, and comes into a time of need and goes out and hires himself out of the hand and is, is led to feed pigs. Now, there's a lot of implications for the two feeding pigs, but ultimately what we've seen is that this guy's taken God's gifts, he squandered them. He's kind of forgotten who he is. And there's a couple of lines in this parable that, that strike me every time. And, and one of them is... The, the 17th verse in, in Luke 15 says, when he came to his senses, and I think about, I had a period in my life when I, when I came to my senses, I was given a moment of clarity. I remembered who I was and how God saw me. And the son responds. And he comes up with this grand plan of coming back to the father and sorting some things out in his head that he's going to say and, and, and what he expects his father will do. And I just, I love that because I think it speaks to our nature of, you know, I've heard guys remark before that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to come to, to, you know, I'm going to start investigating God once I take care of some stuff in, in my life and get, get, get me cleaned up a little bit more. And I think it's, I think God laughs at that. Uh, that's, that's exactly the business he wants to be in. And, and we think that we need to take care of it before we come to him. I, I know I was there playing. Um, but I, as I look at the kind of how this story culminates, um, you know, the father sees the son returning, you know, probably rehearsing what he's going to say from a distance and, and just takes off, pursues him, runs him down. Uh, as the son begins to start into this, this kind of rehearsed 
uh, plea for mercy and forgiveness, the father kind of interrupts him and says, we've got to have a celebration. You know, he puts a robe on the son to signify that he's been forgiven. Um, he puts a ring on his finger. You know, it's a demonstration of love. It's a promise of, of his future inheritance. And he puts sandals on his feet. His position is secure. He's back in the family. Um, you know, and thankfully, God's still in the restoration business. I know he's been in my life and the life of a lot of a lot of folks that I know. Um, but I love that the, this story just so encapsulates um, God's grace and mercy. You know, when we when we finally kind of come to our senses after running out of bounds for a little while, a long while, or just being forgetful of, of his goodness, um, God reminds us of our identity, um, how he sees us. And, um, you know, I've always, Blaine, just always loved this passage. And I think in a time like this, when there's so much questioning um, about, you know, public health and, this pandemic, um, to remember that we've got a father who wants to celebrate us, who, who forgives, who, who loves us, uh, who welcomes us with open arms. It's a, I don't know, it gets me every time. Well, it's one of those things that ought to get us every time, right? And Matt, it's a great reminder and it's a great illustration of God's love. Just hearing your story, I mean, that, that passage is not just, a passage in the Bible for you. That is something that you've experienced and you've seen firsthand and that you get to share with others. So we're so grateful. We're glad that you're part of Search now. And I just want to thank you for joining me on the podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Search in Your City podcast. And if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe to our feed, share this with your friends. And if you've got a thought, question, comment, anything like that, send it on over to us in an email podcast at searchnational.org. And until next time, thanks for listening.